Guys, guys, focus up. Okay? Yeah, lead us to the promised land, Big Papa. That's what they... Um, yeah, I guess that's what I get called by you right now. I probably have called you that before. Anyway, hello and welcome back. We're the Tough Gut Podcast, um, and I'm Matthew. No, you're Big Papa. I'm Alex. And I'm Lil Boy. <laughs> wow, wait, there's a different energy. Can I change my name? <laughs> yeah, 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 Just go for this it. Once. I'm yeah. the middle one. <laughs> You sound like an eldritch being. Like, like <laughs> I, I am the middle one. Um, thanks, guys. Uh, this is episode one hundred eight, part <laughs> three of the alien bracket. Um, scary aliens are. Some of them scary. are scary, but sometimes it's it's friendly. He's, we didn't put in this bracket. Fuck ET. It's not summertime. I'll okay, I know you really want to go. On your your tough cut PTO, but you can't. <laughs> not allowed. I didn't qualify for paid time off this year. <laughs> yeah, you haven't accrued enough days, Jake. Yeah, that's um, on me. Yeah, so coming at you in today's episode, uh, we, we got, got a couple we got of fun scary ones. ones. I'm scared. In the first half of the bracket, we've got um, Alien versus Predator. And then in the second half, we've got District 9 versus Starship Troopers. So lots of fun to be had. It's kind of wild uh, that none of my movies moved on. But hey, that's OK. I like the ones we're talking about. I like them, too. And I like the movies you pitched as well. Oh, what do you pitch? What do you pitch? I'm going to. Uh, oh, I, I like I like the movies you pitch. Yeah. yeah right. So I like, them. I like them a lot. Anything else Thanks. we say, yeah. uh, Jake? I mean, we're going to be spoiling these movies. If that's what if you, if you think people care about that kind of a thing. Yeah, we're spoiling these movies. We're going to be spoiling the endings. We're going to be spoiling the middle, not really the beginning. We're not going to talk about the beginnings of any of these movies. We talked about it beforehand. We made a promise. No beginning. So if you're worried about spoiling the beginning, don't worry. Not in this episode. We're not going to do that. But spoiler warning for the rest. Thanks, Jake. Um... <laughs> I have a feeling if Matthew and I ever did like a formal improv together, that would be his response to half the shit I'd say. He'd be like, <laughs> thank you. And just be like teeming <laughs> with anger that I ever uttered a single fucking word in my life. As a college trained <laughs> improviser. <laughs> Red flag. Uh, honestly, it is. Uh, Jake, do you want to go ahead and introduce or reintroduce uh, Predator? No, but you could go. Okay. Wow, I can't believe he just no-butt you. Yeah. Uh, it's like he didn't even not, have improv training. <laughs> not a collegiate trained improv. No one, no one can trade me. I'm untradeable, baby. <laughs> no one can tame thee. Uh, so me? Alien, released in 1979, directed by Ridley Scott, um, taken place in the future. The crew of the Nostromo intercepts a distress signal um, from... Uh, a planet way out in the space boonies and what they find it's a weird guy in a chair and he's got a bunch of eggs and then they take one of those eggs back on their ship and things get a little bit crazy um my favorite yeah. rom-com ever is alien 
basically it turns out that egg is an alien called a xenomorph and the xenomorph's life cycle involves burrowing inside your stomach and bursting out and then they're just like a little guy and then they grow bigger very quickly and they must kill i love the idea that they choose to bring the egg back on the ship and not that it attaches to a guy's face and someone makes the bad decision to let him back on the ship Mm. yeah you could say that We promise not to talk about the beginning of these movies, though. So Damn you can't right. actually correct That's me. like half an hour into the movie. I don't know that I'd count it as the beginning anymore. Oof. OK, you got me there. Yeah, I lied a little bit, but oh, well, they brought him back. They should have let him die. It's much like the dog in the thing. If only the guy had better aim. <laughs> <laughs> most the of these films could have been solved if we just like made better choices. I feel, I feel like, like most every things movie. could be that's solved. just like that's just there's conflict. Matthew's like, I prefer my movies to have zero conflict in them. Yeah. So I, I pitched Alien because it's a classic. I love this movie very, very much. I think the xenomorph yeah. is so fun. It's so creepy, crazy looking skulking around those hallways. I love the scene at the end when he's laying on the shelf. I think that is iconic. It is. Um, I like this movie a lot all around. I think it is such a huge piece of the sci-fi genre. I love the HR Geiger esque um, ship <laughs> design of the alien spacecraft. I love the like industrial space design of the Nostromo. It's all so good. Um, what's it going up against Jake? It's going up against Predator. This is a tale as old as time. It's uh, the 1987 original Predator directed by John McTiernan. And this is about this oldest time. <laughs> literally, this is what this <laughs> that's what inspired Beauty and the Beast was this matchup. Don't fact check me on that or look up dates. Um, I, mean, I know which one's Beauty and which one's Beast. Honestly, you're right. We all Wait. do. We all Wait. know which one is Beauty and which one is Beast. I feel like I know what I know what society thinks they are. But if they were in a couple, I think they'd be switched. I honestly kind of agree with that. I do. I do. I think because, OK, we're all we're all saying that it predators, beasts. Yes. Xenomorph is beauty, right? Yeah. On 100%. paper, 100 percent. But if you really think about it, Xenomorph is more like kill, 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 beast, beast, like hunt. And predators kind of elegant. They've got those fish nets. They got those sexy little That's mouths. What I'm like, saying. They got, like I mm. switched in their dynamic. But I think mm. outwardly. You know what? We're not talking about this right now. (laughs) Yeah, this is our later conversation. (laughs) This is our later conversation. This is when we get into the actual matchup. This is about a group of soldiers led by Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers uh, who go in uh, part of the government to rescue a group of politicians trapped in Guatemala. uh, But they find everybody slaughtered because an alien has landed in their remote area and they are hunting them down for sport and honor. Uh, And yeah. It's this movie is just like for me the epitome of a really good 80s alien movie and just an alien movie in general. Uh, you know, talking about humanity, talking about masculinity in a really fun way, in a really smart way. Uh, the design is really cool, the motive is really cool. It's not just like kill kill, it's like you know, like honor kill and all that stuff. I think the um, the world building is very fun about like what is potential going forward for these guys. It's just like everything I want in an alien movie. Uh, so I love it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that said. So with that said, about- yeah, I think that like mm-hmm. the, the predator is a more like regal, like kind of like 
Like, you know, I think it is more beauty. There's more beauty behind their movements. It's more purposeful. Xenomorph is more, like, naturally beautiful. But I think Predator, like, takes the care. Um, naturally beautiful. You want to unpack that? What do you think about when you see the Xenomorph, Jake? <laughs> I could send you pictures that you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> that aren't saved yeah. on my phone. I'm not even gonna... I'm not even gonna... Well, hit me he, up after the podcast. Not yeah. only saved, he could find those pictures in seconds 100 oh my god jake you sent those to the group chat so fast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they look good they look good like xenomorphs we gotta get past the the physical sorry uh, nature of this matchup <laughs> <laughs> um wait matthew it's your mic versus- stand raised on its own what? <laughs> it's it's alien versus predator baby but wait, not Matt, what's that what's that second microphone in your video <laughs> Um, not the movie avp from 2004 um we're talking the movie alien i um, ironically did like the first alien vs predator hated the one one. in the snow okay you actually are blowing my mind right now that there's more than one alien versus predator there's one called avp requiem again they do the thing (laughs) this man knows his stuff i love both of these i love both of these franchises a lot but they do the stupid thing where they make a really solid first entry and they're like whatever they're trying to do and then the next one they're like but what if it was like in like an american city and then you're just like boring, dumb. I don't want the predator to be in New York. Like I don't want. It. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So. So what's the nice. what's the plot of these? Is it just like predator is like oh this is the most dangerous game and in it goes to fight the xenomorph. One, in the first one, they go to Antarctica and they find like a pyramid. Like they're digging up like a pyramid site, and it turns out that that's where the the queen xenomorph or one of the queens. Obviously, there are multiple. Uh, was in the ancient oh, societies and stuff. Duh. <laughs> uh, they they would like birth a bunch of aliens and stuff. Um, and blah 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 blah. But now that they dug them up, they uh they're running amok and stuff. And the you know humanity obviously like they activate the eggs and the eggs and the face grabbers. You know like come and blah blah blah. The predators come. Apparently, it's a rite of passage for a predator to come to this spot exactly and force the queen alien who they captured and tied up and force her to give birth to some aliens so that the younger predators can earn their marks and finally kill an alien and then gain it's like a bar mitzvah for predators i'm like not even kidding (laughs) so it's like a predator rite of passage is to come to earth to antarctica to release a couple eggs so that way they can like hunt the most dangerous game yeah, to hunt a xenomorph and gain that. And and that's the only way you can gain an ancient weapon that the predators use, that little shoulder gun that can with the three dots. That's the only way. If you see a predator with that in lore, it's because they killed a xenomorph. Isn't that cool? Wow. And in it, a human befriends like a predator and they fight together with honor to take down the queen but the queen at the end spoilers for everybody impregnates the predator and the last shot is the predator laying on the alien ship and then an alien comes out so you're like oh what's that gonna look like because it's not human anatomy it's yeah because we learned in aliens that the xenomorphs characteristics are taken from their host when they're birthed that's why the xenomorph looks so much like a human i mean I mean, yeah, yeah you see them choppers. <laughs> I think it's so funny how fast their teeth like chitter chatter. It's so it's so cute. 
I think you're cute. Yeah. So there is it, a yeah. lot of lore here, a lot of lore regarding, you know, yeah, aliens sorry, I versus predators. Out about aliens versus predators. No, you know, you're good. It's, you're good. It's so fascinating to me because I have literally no idea about any of it. You could be saying utter, like, complete lies to me, and I would have to believe you. Well, if you start to get into the expanded universe content when in, in regard to the Alien vs. Predator franchise, it yeah. actually turns out that it's not just you get your plasma caster when you kill an alien. In fact, uh, it becomes the fact that they have to kill a xenomorph in one-on-one combat while unarmed. That's only yes. in the expanded universe stuff. That's this They is, clarify that is, later on. This is true. This is true. And Topher Grace is a part of it. That's also true. Wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of baggage <laughs> here. And I feel like we've spent no time talking about these two movies specifically. But uh, I love these two movies a lot. These two me, I mean, to me, this is almost the finals matchup. Like, this is like Alien versus Predator. Like, this is this the, is a- these are like two quintessential classic mo- like sci-fi alien movies. Like if you ask 100 people. Mm-hmm. I don't know, 60 of them are going to say one of these two movies, I bet. And they're both emblematic of something that I was thinking about when we were doing the first two rounds. Because, you know, it takes us sometimes a little bit to uh, really understand kind of what we're comparing and what we're doing. And we're we're talking about, it's the alien bracket. It's not necessarily the movie, but it's about the alien, what it stands for, its design, what it does, how cool it is, how sexy it is, like all these things. Um... <laughs> And both of these, the last one's for me, both of these films, (laughs) I think are excellent metaphors for real human like things. Like we were talking about this a little bit in the last couple episodes, but obviously like alien allegories are really, really emblematic about the human condition and humanity as a whole. Like there's Jake, if uh, you're about to fucking say the way that these movies represent humanity, the way that they mirror humanity, I'm going to strangle you because that's why you didn't pick the movies that they went up against last time. What do you mean? You didn't pick my movies because you said it was about the alien, not about the metaphor for humanity that those movies did. No, those are you just think about Fifth the, Element the... has a bigger metaphor for yeah, humanity wait, than what? alien. Yeah. Okay. I think, he, I think he's being <laughs> I, I, consistent. What, a, what, a, what I'm saying, <laughs> I'll, I'll clarify my argument there. What I was saying before is that the humans are at the forefront for the those ones i felt like whereas these is the alien that's the forefront of the metaphor for humanity like the humans aren't necessarily the vehicle that you need to go like forward it's the it's the aliens like there's this whole concept in like specifically sci-fi where you know our brains cannot comprehend something that's out there that's alien because we only know humanity stuff. You look at Star Wars, all the planets, it's Middle Eastern architecture. But they just say, oh, it's alien because it's not an American audience and we don't usually <laughs> that, see it a lot. That's a whole separate problem we have to unpack when yeah. it comes to... <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's... it's it, We can't... So when you have a xenomorph and you have the Predator, these are still coming from, like, you know, human characteristics. Like, the xenomorph was great as an allegory for, like, you know, serious, like, assault. And like that, that was like kind of its whole deal. And the predator, like talking about like uh, humanity's like pride and like the um, sins of like you know pride and like hierarchy and like stuff like that. That's that's kind of its whole deal. And I just think it's like super interesting that these two are the like most popular ones, kind of talking about what we have. So I think these are both movies that, to the, your point, um carry a lot of powerful theming 
in regard to this idea of like what they stand in for, what they represent as far as what they're communicating um, about the human experience or the human story. I think it's very clear, for example, in Predator that it's talking about like a lot of what we talked about last time. Um, These themes or discussions relating to masculinity and like that whole idea um it is you know it is not through the key subversion there it is not through the the strength but through the like power of the mind in terms of the alien i do think that this allegory that you're alluding to this um for all intents and purposes uh allegory for sexual assault mm-hmm. stands true but i don't think it is the only piece of like symbolism related to the human experience or what have you that the the alien is symbolic of um or more broadly like i think the movie is also saying a lot of other things um yeah beyond just that i guess is the the, the piece i'm throwing out yeah i mean i understand you make a good movie like it's going to be about multiple things all at once um but just as far as like the creator's intention as to why they made certain designs like that way and like kind of the attributes of like what's alien, like kind of talking about it that way, which I just think is is very interesting. I think it's interesting that a lot of people label alien is labeled as a horror sci-fi. So it's like probably like horror and predator is labeled as like a sci-fi action movie. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, you're both talking about aliens and stuff, but the xenomorph is made to be more like, quote unquote, horrifying as like an alien concept. And then Predator is kind of pitched more as like a like, you know, it's this actiony like it is scary. Obviously, they're hunting them down, but it's more like the action stars around it just by the way they, they're like shown to us in these two films. Yeah, I mean, the the Predator is like it's an alien, but it's also like dude shaped, you know? Yeah, it's human. Versus- alien like i guess alien is humanoid in the sense that it has like two arms two legs but it also has like weird tail we see its whole life cycle where it's like the little face hugger and then the little baby guy Mm -hmm. um so i mean i think yeah i mean it's just design yeah which i think plays a role in this like overarching idea that you're trying to get at a little bit jake i think the predator is utilizing the humanistic traits of the predator um, to like further its theming to like contextualize, you know, how we're supposed to understand the character in context of the movie. Um, part of the reason why it's like such a, you know, fun reveal when you finally see its face and it's like, ooh, it's a it's a ghoul face under there. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, Alien is much more conventionally like otherworldly about the creature it's utilizing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are outside of like these like strict biological factors of like two arms two legs got a head it is like very different from you know the it it is quintessential xenobiology you know like it's very clearly alien it's very clearly not of earth it is not of things we're familiar with which are also like inherently uh tied to concepts of inspiring fear like the things we don't understand we are frequently afraid of you know, yeah. things of that sort, I think, also contribute to the design and then the overall like genre trappings they're going for. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think so? I've watched a couple of videos about like the making of Predator. 
And so apparently before it was the Predator, they had like this goofy ass like bug alien suit. (laughs) How do you think the movie would be different if it was this like silly thing where a guy was wearing like a big head that like went a foot up above the top of his head and like wobbled around as he ran? Matthew would have enjoyed it more. (laughs) I got that would have made Matt turned on. Yeah, 100 percent. Whoa. Oh, huh. Um, I will say it is it is decidedly more alien looking. I actually kind of like it. Really? See, I knew it. He <laughs> this is going to it's going to make Jake say come some kind of dumb comment. Uh, he looks he's a little he's a little more like Kaiju pilled with the like bug head. He looks like he's like from an episode of like, I don't know, either one. He's powering up to fight Godzilla or two. He's from an episode of Power Rangers. Like he looks like a Power Rangers villain. He does guy, look like a Power Rangers villain. Guy who's only seen Godzilla and Power Rangers. Wow, I'm getting real Godzilla and Power Rangers vibes from me. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's very good joke, Jake. Thanks, man. Thank you. You to eight-year-old me. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> literally, though. Oh my gosh. I re- so I think there's this really interesting point though that you're making underlying it, is they made an intentional choice to make the predator look more human. Mm-hmm. Like part of it, I think, comes to the big reveal of like the predator face is like, oh God. It really is a spooky alien, alien under there. Yeah. Like, but what else do you think that like change is serving? Like, how else do you like what lens do you see this through? You know, I think it serves in a lot of ways to make it more serious, like in the way that this outfit in like practical effects shown in the light, mostly of this jungle. Like, I think it it is difficult to kind of make a body that has this like weird giant head look intense in like running and action scenes, you know, Um, I think in a lot of ways it's a practical choice, like solidifying it and then like getting the reveal of like, you don't really know what this is until you take the mask off. And then it's like proven rather than, I I guess kind of going back to Jake's point of like sci-fi horror versus sci-fi action. Like the horror of predator is not in it's not about like seeing the thing, if that makes sense. Like it's about the circumstance in a way. Like I, obviously that's a huge factor in Alien as well, right? Like they're, they're stranded on the ship. But I don't know. I feel like there's some sort of it's different. Like you're in the wilderness rather than like context plays a role. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you're on Earth rather than encountering an alien in space, you know? Like there's a huge difference there. Um and it's an interesting difference when you're talking about alien movies where like you know, there's either the aliens that are in outer space and oh, scary other planets, we have to go visit them or when aliens come to Earth, what do we do? What is our response? Uh and both of these tackle them differently and I think that's very interesting. I think to answer your point, uh Matthew, I think there's also like, I, th- I think it leans into that whole just a man thing. Like, I think there's, like, this masculinity, like, the Predator is, like, donned in clothing, but it's not about, like, the armor and, like, all this stuff. It's about, like, you know, again, they, they have, like, the fishnets. They have all their, like, little tools and, like, stuff. Like, it's very, um like, 
they're showing off their masculinity in like a different way. And that it, it could be a man. I mean, the original design was based off of a, it was a painting of a Rastafarian warrior uh, that was hmm. in like some dude's office. And they're just like, oh, that looks like sick as hell. We're going to make our design off of that. Um, oh, guy who's only ever seen Rastafarian exactly. warrior. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, but I, it's it's so hard for me this matchup because I think both of these alien movies do like a near perfect job about like the kind of alien story they're trying to tell. And and a lot of people boil it down to like these aliens are killing people and someone's got to survive. Like that is what happens. Like you got your main hero, they're surviving in the end and blah blah blah. But again, encountering an alien in space versus encountering an alien on Earth, I think is just such an interesting distinction. Um, when it comes to telling alien stories and what's the point in them and like what we look for in an alien feature. Sorry to entirely change the subject. Yeah, you but go for it. I think an interesting thing about both of these movies and their franchises is that for the most part, the thing that moved on, and you guys can feel free to correct me as well, because I do not have the thing didn't move knowledge. on. Wow. Okay. Um the thing that moved on from each of these movies was the alien and the predator, not mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's another movie about Ripley stuck in space. Right. I could be wrong right. about that. I don't really know the history of the alien movies. Um, but like the fact that the monster is what moved on rather than being about like, Oh, the yeah, main that- character who survived is in it again. And I feel like that is a very different thing and a very interesting thing about these two franchises. Well, and what, what's interesting for Alien is that Sigourney does came, come back for um, the movie, like for Aliens, and it is like because she was like stuck out and like did all these things. And certain characters do come back in some Predator movies, but you're right. I, I think it's very interesting that the the coolest thing about these movies and why people want to keep watching it's not for whatever characters you see. Um, it is for the creatures themselves, which why these are two like for the alien bracket, like the the aliens are the coolest thing about them. Um, and I think that's a really it's an important thing to note going forward for like, you know, the like most fundamental calculus in the fact that the xenomorph is the thing part of the thing that people love so much. I also think there is like so much to talk about, like that is of value in uh, Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. I think there Ripley's is a great a yeah. lot of really interesting stuff in this idea of like last girl in space mm-hmm. um, that branches into some other themes. But more specifically, like Alien, the sequel was just called Aliens. Yeah, because there are multiple xenomorphs in in like <laughs> like that was the baseline that got butts in seats, you know, like, right. yeah. Oh, right. shit. It's going to be aliens with an S. And I will say when they did that shit for Predator and just the Predators movie, that one also went hard. I hate to say it, but that one went hard. <laughs> That's the <laughs> one where they guy. get dropped, brought them off on the island. I'm pretty sure. That's one like Adrian that. Brody. And Adrian Grace. Brody. Adrian Brody. Brody. And Lawrence Fishburne, I think. Yeah, but it's the one before the really bad one. Yeah, we don't talk about that one. We can't. Oh, I can't. Un- but unpack Prey it. was really great. That's true. The the predator had to happen for prey to happen, yeah. I think. So yeah. I'll allow it. And I don't mean that in terms of like literal continuity. I mean, in terms of like we had Pretty to cool. 
know oh, what God. it felt like. Yeah, we we need to we need to do something. <laughs> anyway, better. we're pretty much at time here for this matchup. <laughs> um, which it will be truly sad to see one of them go because I do think that like these are two of the big names in the genre. They are archetypes of the genre. Like there is so much here to dig into. There's so much here to love. We spent 20% of our time talking about nonsense, but hey, that's the tough cut, baby. <laughs> we got to vote, though. I talked about these movies. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I I, we all did. these movies. We did collectively together. Why, Jake, why, no. why, why Jake, do you, you talk on? so much? Jake, you, you talk so much about these movies. You vote then. Okay. We keep I'm making voting, Jake vote first. <laughs> yeah, I'm voting for Undecided. Matthew, what are you voting for? Um, yeah, I can, I can start us up. I think in a weird way, the thing that got me in talking about these films is Wait, I have an important this. question before you vote. I have a really important question. Yeah, go for it. Okay. He's mad at you. Close your eyes. I'm sorry. Okay. I have to ask this question because this is the perfect matchup for it. Close your eyes. Mm-hmm. You're watching a cartoon. There's a 10 year old boy. With a cool watch. He flips his watch. And a little hologram of the xenomorph shows up. He slams it down. And Ben 10 turns into a xenomorph. What's he he calling himself? What's his nickname? Benjamin Tennyson. I don't know enough about the Ben 10 naming conventions. There's forearms. There's XLR8. There's um, Mighty Mouth or Tiny Mouth? Tiny mouth, because they got mouth. a little mouth inside. Okay, okay, close your eyes. Ten-year-old ben, boy. Benjamorph. Benjamorph is a really good. I think it's Benjamorph. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. Two. Flips his watch again. It's the little hologram of the Predator. He slams it down. Ben 10 is turning into the Predator. What's he call himself? A reversal. We're cutting that joke out. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> wait, wait, ask me again, ask me again, ask me again. Ask Sorry. Me again. Um, ben 10 up, slams down up. his watch. He's turning into the Predator. What's he call himself? Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> That's my joke, but better. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, so Matt, what were you going to vote for? Um, well, I think for, <laughs> for, for uh, political reasons. <laughs> Um, I'm going to I'm going to vote for the the Benjamorph. <laughs> Here I am shooting myself in the foot again. I'm voting for Predator. Wow, that's uh incredible. Uh I'm I'm voting for Alien. Yeah. Got to go right. with the Benjamorph. You're right. No. <laughs> subtract right. the subtract that from it. What do you? What's the heart vote for? No, I think I'm voting for. I, I would vote for Alien. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if you were <laughs> swayed by how. Uh... <laughs> uh... All right. Well, with yeah. that, <laughs> I, people who like again, when a lot of people listen to this one, they find out it's Alien versus Predator. They're like, we gotta know. And when it boils down to that bullshit, <laughs> they're gonna be so upset. <laughs> Everyone's gonna I had so a, I had a real that. reason for what I voted for. for I also for. had a real reason. Hey, well, now the world will never know. They'll never know. <laughs> save it for our, our save it for our Patreon. That's for our Patreon. We don't, guys. We're building it up. We're building it up. This is us planting the seeds. Don't worry, audience. We're gonna we're gonna harvest on this one in about six years' time. 
It'll make a lot of sense then. Um, anyway, the second half of this episode, we've got two movies pitched by Matthew. Um, Whoa. Y'all call. y'all call me when it's time to vote. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Kidding, I love you. I'm excited. No, it's okay. You can you can grump on me. I deserve it a little bit. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? So the first one we've got here is District 9, released in 2009, directed by Neil Blomkamp. Um, mm-hmm. Aliens come to Earth. <laughs> Interesting. Um, however, instead of your Independence Day fair, instead of your Predator fair, instead of coming here to nice just start duking on some some boys um (laughs) the the pro the so-called prawns um they're dirty nasty gross little little guys uh they're starving to death in their spaceship so humans do what they do best and we um commit atrocities against them and force them into a what's the word slum um, yeah. The film follows our main character, Wickis, as he is assigned, as he works for the multinational corporation that is working to relocate the prawns to an area known as District 9. So they're being moved from the slums in the city to a uh, tent city outside of Johannesburg um, in what is a thinly veiled um, allegory for apartheid. Mm-hmm. Um District 9, I think, is just like a, a really interesting take on the aliens come to Earth story. Um, I think there is a lot to dig into as far as like, I, I think it is a very smart movie. It knows it's a pretty smart movie most of the time. Um, and I like it quite a bit. On the other side of this matchup, we've got. Um, wildly. Uh, Starship Troopers <laughs> released in 1997, uh, directed by Paul Verhoeven. What to say about this film? Uh, adapted by Robert A. Heinlein's book by the same name, um, follows the story of the all-American from Buenos Aires named Johnny Rico. Um, as he joins up the mobile infantry, uh, joins up with the mobile infantry um, to fight against a, an arachnid species known as, or just known as the Bugs. Um, it is Paul Verhoeven's in my mind, masterpiece where he (laughs) convinced a major motion picture studio to give him a hundred million dollars to make an anti-fascist movie. And it's incredible. Um, I love it a lot. All right. So district nine versus starship troopers. Funnily enough, when it comes to a conversation to kick this one off, um, Mm -hmm. we've got an aliens come to earth versus, uh, meet and aliens in space movie. Wow. Yeah. What's our take? I've been talking a lot, so I'm I'm letting I'm I'm letting you guys speak. <laughs> I can, I guess my take. Um <laughs> so I I was thinking about it. I'm stewing on it. Matt, you go. Um yeah, so similar to the the way that Alien and Predator like it makes a fairly important contextual difference. Um mm-hmm. I think there are some Specific, more specifically when it comes to District 9 subversions and the way they handle this plot line of like their respective plot line. Um, District 9 has aliens come to Earth and instead of like your Independence Days, your Predators, like I said before, um, these are aliens that are in desperate need of help. They are like 
down in a bad way. Um, much in the same way that E.T. needs some help getting home, so do the prawns. Um, nice. He wrote that five years ago. He was re- he was gearing up to say that. And their home is a new tent. Um, it is if you ask the multinational corporations of Earth that wish to exploit the prawns for profit. Um, whereas on the other side of things, Starship Troopers... Um, given that it is a movie that is so steeped in, um, this relationship to its source material, what's the word I want to use here? The contextual purpose that the aliens serve is part of that, like, grander narrative or that grander, like, rebuke of its source material. So it's very clear from Robert A. Heinlein's, um, portrayal of the arachnids that they are ostensibly, um, a stand in for communism. Um, with that context, you reflect on the way that the movie chooses to kind of lampoon that idea or portray them. Um, you know, they are all, you know, selfless workers, um, working in pursuit of whatever the, the brain bugs decide. There are only the small thinkers in the world. This is a clear critique of the idea of the philosopher King as espoused by, you know, Engels and Marx. Um, and it, it is the ways in which they're essentially steeping their entire alien xeno xenology, I don't know, alien history, society, etc. In what is either in Heinlein's case, an actual critique of a real political thing, or in uh, Verhoeven's case, a critique of Heinlein's critique, which is, in my opinion, very funny. Um, I love that use of it. I think it is a really clever way to, you know, do some political prognosticating. Um, And it's essential to engage with them in space um, for the purpose of like aliens come to Earth. They're like the way that the conflict of ideas is um, posed is very different than you going to the aliens. And this idea, it is like the Federation bringing freedom, bringing, you know, all the all sorts of their ideology to the alien home world. The idea of like they got to go to Klondatu and show them what's up is very much steeped in this idea of like we got to snuff out communism in all places it's found. Yeah, I'm honestly I'm glad you're talking about this stuff because something I was struggling with coming into this matchup was, you know, I'm thinking of like the alien bracket and, and I was thinking of like, you know, obviously I'm not going to like arachnids. And just the design, like of them at all, and I think genuinely do think the design of the prawns is really fun and cool. Um, like I, I really, really enjoy it. The VFX is so good. Yeah, it's yeah, good. It like genuinely, really like good. it's good. Like it holds up. Like really, really cool. And again, think about alien movies. Again, and this is like you know a more modern District Nine uh, is a more modern alien movie because I think it's it's our most modern that we have left in the bracket. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. It's just really it's it's interesting to see that and see you know our technology grow and like what we envision aliens as and all that stuff. But when I, I when I think of the Starship Trooper aliens, at least design wise, I'm just like I, you know, I, I get giant bugs, but I hate arachnids, so I'm like I don't I don't care about that exactly. But then so I was trying to think in my head, I was like, okay, but like what are the aliens standing for? Like what as aliens in the alien bracket? What do these specific aliens bring? each of them like bring to the table talking about like, you know, representing 
aliens and and humanity and like what else it does so like you you talking obviously like about communism like that was a big part but i i was wondering if you could speak more or alex if any one of you speak more on kind of what starship troopers aliens themselves um do specifically for you um well, I think what's kind of fascinating about it and what's interesting compared to our other movies that have been in this bracket is that the aliens and Starship Troopers are very much, I don't know, they feel very much like just like a wave of alien. They aren't like trying to be like these iconic, like, you know, like super like nitty gritty specific things that like drive a franchise, right? Like the franchise sure. is driven by the stuff in the movie rather than the aliens, Um, which I think is very different from all the other movies that we've seen in these in, in this bracket so far of like, I guess not all of them. Independence Mm -hmm. day is kind of the same way where it's like, you've got an alien. And I think though that the otherworldliness of it, like they have no humanoid shape, right? Like they are bug shaped. Um, Mm. The prawns, at least are like humanoid in the sense that they like stand upright, you know, they like walk around on two legs. They walk around mm-hmm. on two legs like they are people, which is very mm-hmm. purposeful in District 9, but I think there is something that I really like. Like this is our most alien alien in my mind. Um despite not being bugs. Yeah, like they're not, you know, that there are they are less humanoid even than the xenomorph, right? Um so I don't know. I think that like is worth a lot here. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's interesting. You were talking in the last bracket about just the the merit of an alien movie to just be about like it's all the aliens over there, it's big aliens. Like sometimes you need that kind of like simplicity about it. It's just like okay, those are the aliens. That's why we have the alien movie. This is the force. Well, and I think what um, what I like about Star Trek Troopers is that it does that right. Like it. Mm-hmm. It says like, oh, there are the aliens over there, but it's a critique of that, right? Like it's not just right. saying, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. in the same way, in, in the opposite of Independence Day, where Independence Day is like, there are the aliens over there, we gotta go stop them, they're coming right. to Earth. Like it's, you know, it's the opposite of that, because it's critiquing and making fun of that yeah. in a way. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Matthew? Yeah, the the piece I was gonna throw out is, I think an important component of the like starship troopers experience in regard to its aliens is like obviously this huge piece of um like the communistic allegory um but then also as you like peel that back and take a step back i think there's this like really interesting contextual piece in terms of the story the movie itself is ostensibly framed as a piece of propaganda um you have the very literal propaganda snippets intercut throughout Um, and as you start to peel back those layers, I think there's this really interesting element of like Klandatu is like, it's a little bit different in the the novel. So I'm talking strictly movie here. Klandatu is like 200,000 light years away. This idea that they threw an asteroid at earth and landed it so precisely to destroy Buenos Aires is insane. (laughs) Um, and I think there's this really fun contextual element that if you like bring the fight to the bugs is another piece of propaganda. And like, I understand in so far as like, you know, alien movies, we want to talk about the aliens as a core piece of this experience. And I think a core piece of the way the arachnids or the bugs in, um, starship troopers exist is 
they're essentially just like defending their home planet from a bunch of humans that rolled up on them. Like mm. they're experiencing their independence day circumstance. Um, and I think that's like a really interesting slash fun way of, um, uh, viewing the aliens through. Mm. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Wow. He just, he just said, wow. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Could you imagine if uh, Owen Wilson was in either of these movies? No. <laughs> Content. Content. Um, oh, I thought you were like, pause. You keep say, seeming like you're going to say something. Sometimes when I have nothing to say, I just go, I, I act like I'm going to say something and hope something springs forth from my brain. Um, and sometimes it doesn't happen. Well, I wish like, I do want to hear more about because Matthew said he could talk on and on about Starship Troopers. And I want to know more about what you got. Yeah, Matt, tell me more about Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah. So topics in Starship Troopers. Um, there are so many things I would love to talk about. Mm-hmm. One, I think, is a little one that I think is just like a really interesting case. Um, hey, book reader here. Um <laughs> <laughs> Best way to start any, any, yeah, we should log in like that. That should be our sign in for our movie podcast. <laughs> hey, um, book reader here. Book reader here. Thank you. Thank you. You said it with a hard B. <laughs> that, was a, that was a threat. <laughs> um, so anyway, something I yeah. think is a really interesting change when it comes to um, the novel versus the movie is in the novel. Johnny Rico is actually Juan Rico. He is a, I think, Filipino Brazilian. I might be slightly misremembering that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Or not Brazilian, um, Argentinian. And in the movie, Johnny Rico is clearly, as I alluded to in my introduction, like the stoic figure of the like all American hero, blonde hair, blue eyed. Hmm. <laughs> um sports ball playing you know <laughs> military doing like he he's not the brain guy he he's not in the canine core he you know mm-hmm. not good enough for anything else he is he's the war hero he's the football star he's the classically handsome and it's an odd change um when you think about it especially in terms of like what Heinlein was going for part of the commentary Heinlein is trying to create um is that the Federation is past racism, bigotry, lots of these ideas. Like they are a true meritocracy. Um, mm-hmm. They are only those people by their worth sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So like, why make that choice to make that? Like, why do that? Um, and I think it's a very intentional choice from Verhoeven, in part because it's a little nod and a wink um, at <laughs> the audience. Um, insofar as like, hey, we're talking about fascism. What do people associate with fascists? Nazis. What do we associate with Nazism? Blonde blue eyes. Um, yeah. like all the way through this movie's DNA are these like little bits and pieces of how it is very literally just built to make fun of or lampoon Heinlein's mm. view, Heinlein's book, etc. Like, I like the book a lot. I think there are interesting things about it. I think it has dog shit politics. I think it is horrible <laughs> in that regard. God, that's um, so real. 
and that is what I love so much about this movie is like, it's so clear that Verhoeven is responding to all of those little bits and pieces. Again, he didn't finish the whole book, but it's clear from early on what it's going to be about. (laughs) And the, uh, some of the other producers on it did read the whole thing. So just like being so thoroughly committed to hating your source material, I think is (laughs) incredible. I said it last time. I said it last time. I think this is one of my favorite adaptations of all time. I love the way you framed that. So so amazing to have such a vitriolic hate for presumably for both the source material and presumably the man who made it. (laughs) And someone gave you a hundred million dollars to do it. That's absurd. Did he, did he do films before that? What what was the timeline of his career? Like, yeah, so this was 97. Okay. So um, he did total recall. Like he did mm -hmm. like, you know, okay. So he had Robocop. Robocop was 10 years before. Okay, wow. so like he he wasn't like just some random schmuck who got a hundred. Like it, it wasn't that. That would have been even more impressive. But it was one of those things where it's like how fucking Damien Chazelle like did only did Whiplash just for shits and giggles so he could fund La La Land, and then he did First Man and no one saw it because he just did the film like he wanted to do. Or like fucking you know like th- these filmmakers they'll spend they'll build monies that will make studios a bunch of money. Or build movies that'll make studios much money, and then they'll like fuck off and be like, "All right, give me money," and then, "Ha ha, tricked you! I get to do what I want to do." It's like uh, the, the reverse awesome. District Nine. Yeah, that, <laughs> it, it is the reverse District Nine. It, it is also wild, though, that <laughs> Paul Verhoeven made RoboCop in '87 and is like, mm-hmm. "Hey, cops, <laughs> like <laughs> corporations, not so great, dude." Um, and someone was still like, "Yeah, we should give him the book about like." <laughs> militarism and fascism admittedly i think the production started as a uh, pseudo starship troopers and then they slapped that sticker on there to be like let's get some butts in seats baby um and it became incredible if um, this wasn't billed as starship troopers i do think it would have lost uh, like, a oh yeah absolutely a I, th- I think chunk of their audience I think what is so one incredible that it made it to this i get to talk about it more but two yeah. so incredible about this movie in this novel um is like it is so intrinsically tied experientially to being familiar with some of the source materials elements like i think the satire is still very clear i think it's still a like fun movie on its own but like the the depth of the themes going on the the like the bit so functionally needs you You to be familiar with the novel that the director doesn't want you to read you know like that's incredible it's pretty funny (laughs) Um, yeah, I could, again, go on ad nauseum in response to like all of the worst people, you know, and what they think about the novel. But again, we have 10 minutes. Um, well, now we have three. Oh, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, essentially, we, we've got a vote here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm I, very curious I, about the worst people, you know, what they think about the movie. That's like a, I don't mean literally. I'm. Um, I, I, I don't Jake, mean the worst a, people I know. Hey, Jake, that's a reason to vote for Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah, that, that I, I'm saying that, that more as like a, the worst people society knows. Mm. Read between the lines, you know? Yeah, because people don't DeSantis. really like, you know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. That's the, that's the um, Neil Patrick Harris walking out in a literal SS uniform <laughs> at the end of the movie moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, because like, the world, I don't care how many of you die. Yeah. <laughs> huh, like as, as, that's crazy. 
oh my god people sit down watch this film and they're like yeah we society should be like this and it's like people sit down and watch that film and they're like hey if we nazis we'd have psychic powers that's wait, fair. Wait, 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 the wait, novel wait, gets wait, into the canine core. They got like psychic canines that you get attached to. Like, it's it's kind of fun. Wow. Well, I'm ready to vote. <laughs> oh, it, oh uh, no! Okay. Say it. Well, this is no, gonna sway uh, me. Yeah, the last this is thing. Gonna sway me. Um, if I hate it, I you know. Um, the come on, you apes! You want to live forever? Um, what the heck? That that seems crazy. Why is that line in there? Um, <laughs> it is a Planet of the Apes. <laughs> uh, it's a super specific reference. Uh, all of the chapters open with like a little quote, or yeah. Um, and this one's attributed to like an unknown soldier. Um, they call these uh, mobile infantry apes because their power armor um, makes them one extra strong, and apes are stronger than people most of the time. And two, they got big old long arms. Uh, so it's a super specific reference to a single line in the novel. And that's really fun. Uh, I can, see, on I that can note, see you now like having the YouTube thumbnails like this is what you miss. And it's just a circle <laughs> over like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Catch me writing a three and a half hour long video essay about Starship. Troopers. You honestly should. I think you need to get it out. I think he- I might. It's unhealthy. Hey, you know what, Although- man? Matt, maybe oh. you can get it out during the podcast because I'm voting for Starship Troopers because I could listen to you talk about this movie for hours. You can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> and I'm voting for District 9. <laughs> Make me I'm from Buenos Aires and I say kill them all. I can't vote for arachnids, man. That's oh, this a really wait a minute. But the prawns. I guess they're not arachnid. That they're yeah, specifically they're not, not arachnid. arachnid at all. Yeah, like what? <laughs> again, literally- I literally made a promise before I vote. If anyone brought up Chappie, I wouldn't have voted for District Nine. But you guys both forgot about it. So that's true. That's true. But now I, you just my brought mind when you're introducing. Well, I already voted though. That's it's voted. locked in. It just means he can't vote for it in the finale. Yeah. <laughs> um. <sighs> Wow, wait, so Jake, you've already decided you can't vote for either of these movies. In no, the remember, it resets, remember, it resets. We, we, okay. we, we, talk, we established <laughs> okay. these rules. For those diehard fans, we established these rules. That's true. We're going to have people holding us consistent. Um, so between these two films, it's impossible. It hurts my heart and soul <laughs> to do. It's because by that I mean, I, I do like both of these movies. That's why it hurts my heart and soul. Um, it also hurts my heart and soul um because sorry audience you're an unwilling participant in my three hour long starship troopers uh podcast so uh officially this year we've been doing the jake bracket you know the alex bracket this has unofficially become the matthew bracket uh different movies his his will be canceled this upcoming year um (laughs) we'll try it's honestly fair Totally reasonable. Matt, I can't believe I'd never heard about this movie and now doing this podcast, I've heard you talk about it for an hour and 45 minutes, bro. More than you've heard him talk about like a lot of a lot of other things. Uh, Outside (laughs) of like Olive Oil, Saw, Starcraft 2, Sam, Ghost Rider, (laughs) surprisingly. Yeah, true. I'm a a real ride or die for uh, Shaft (laughs) and Ghost Rider. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we have a finals matchup that we do. I think my brain has become poisoned. We do. Um, it's <laughs> Alien versus 
<laughs> Starship Troopers, which would have been in the Matthew bracket, but we didn't get there. <laughs> yeah. You could repitch it. It's your bracket. It is your that's bracket. True, but you, that's true. And maybe in the intervening time, Jake will read Dune. And I'll have forgotten about Starship true. Troopers. <laughs> Please, no. No, it would be impossible. It just means I get point. to relive all these facts. Anyway, we're wasting a bunch of time. What the hell is going on? We've got a finals matchup coming at you next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. I promise I won't write a bunch of notes. You already did. It's not like oh, I won't rewrite another essay. It's like you already wrote the essay. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> if you enjoyed today's episode. Wait, wait. Okay, I love uh, that. He yeah. doesn't deny it, which means he has already thought about Alien versus Starship Troopers and taken notes on it. 100%. There's a lot we can unpack. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have made the Woody Allen joke. I shouldn't have made the Woody Allen joke. Uh, hey, I dug us in a hole. This is it. This is the end. Um, it's not your fault. You're very funny, Jake. Um, <laughs> um or if the joke was cut, it, it will be like, "What was the Woody Allen?" Joke? <laughs> <laughs> um. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review the show on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. We're on all of them. Um, follow us on social media at Tough Cut Pond. That's where you'll find all the latest Tough Cut news with a, a W. Where's your brain um, at? I think news is normally spelled with a yeah, W. Where's, where's your brain at? How um, you doing, bud? I'm doing I feel <laughs> like you, you, you crumble whenever Star Trek. Like, are you hurting yourself? No, I think it takes I, so much brain power for him to just like rein himself in talking about Starship Troopers right. that he's just losing everything. This is true. I am actively burning. It's like burning a candle at both ends. Um, if they like what they heard, who should they share this episode with? When people say burning the candle at both ends, I always picture them lighting a the candle in their butt. Huh. If share it with someone who's done that. Share this episode with butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah wow. exactly. Candle your body is just butt. one big candle. Because um, what other ends are you talking about? Burning a candle at both ends? Like, shut up. It's your butthole and your mouth hole. Share it with someone who's done that. Yeah. yeah. I'm cool with that. Or someone who I looks so. good in fishnets. <laughs> <laughs>